0: Log Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you yeah. know you're I'm you can now, man. You all American. Right? you actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host. Chad Wilson, in
1: hey, hey, hey.
0: no, yeah, the bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't lack of discipline. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today.
1: Don't Girl, get out of my
0: face with that crazy deaf, stuff. Deaf. The number to call... 347 633 9365 <laughs> If y'all got a take, y'all know this!
2: <laughs> or you can reach us on Twitter
0: at Grediron Stud. Pressure. Come against us. And now, your host, Chad Wilson. All right, we're here. Super Bowl, rap show, gridiron stud
2: show, all that good stuff. The, uh, it's a broken record. We're saying it again. Once again, the New England Patriots are the Super Bowl champs. Uh, We've been able to say that about the New England Patriots more than any other team in NFL history. For the fifth time, the New England Patriots are your Super Bowl champions. Uh, And it was the most improbable of wins for them. Down 28-3, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, complete the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. (laughs) I mean... What else was left for these guys to do? They'd won four Super Bowls. They'd been there more times than anyone else. And in the third quarter of this football game, it looked like what might be the end of an era. Done. Yeah, I mean, you could kick dirt all on this grave. I mean, we're ready to bury The New England Patriots, and what do they do? Down 25. (laughs) These guys come back. These guys come back and win the game. Unbelievable. There's plenty of blame to go around today. I've heard it all already, and it's only 10 o'clock on the day after. They want to blame Matt Ryan. They want to blame Dan Quinn. They want to blame Kyle Shanahan. They want to blame Mike Vick. They want to blame any and everybody today. For the reason why the New England Patriots have won the fifth Super Bowl in the team's history, all under Brady and Belichick. And uh, basically, people want answers. Uh, Just bottom line, listen, uh, I guess New England's just better than everyone else, and that includes the Atlanta Falcons. And it just seemed early on in this contest that they were done. I had said it as much on Twitter last night. These guys were finished. After New England had the ball down 14-0 and took what seemed an hour to drive with the football as they dinked and dunked their way down the field. They were aided during the drive with three holding calls. Because Atlanta was being super aggressive in their coverage. But they were inching their way down the field. Held on to the ball, trying to get back in the football game, down two scores, and they throw a pick six, making it 21 to nothing. I said the game was over. They just spent all the time in the world trying to get down the field, and it resulted in the end in six points for Atlanta. They should have been done. They were finished. But No! When, uh, and they came out of halftime Now listen, New England's better than anyone At making adjustments uh, That's been said enough um, It's been said a hundred times It's been proven a hundred times We all know it No one can deny it And they come out of Halftime When they're supposed to have made adjustments Don't get out there and score And then Atlanta turns around and score To make it 28-3 to three. They're done, it's over It was a nice run. Seven Super Bowl appearances. Four wins. You can be proud of what you accomplished. History will be kind to the New England Patriots. They may even call you the best ever, despite losing three Super Bowls and winning four. You've done enough. You've done a lot. It was a nice run. And then... Uh, what? What? They came back, and we'll get into some strategy things that happened in the game. We'll talk about those things uh, a little later on the show here. But what? These guys came back all the way back. Twenty-eight nine. And then when they had to go 28-12, when it got down there, they were trying to really get things going. And uh, it was 28-9. And they ended up having to kick a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown, you said to yourself. It was nice, but uh, this is not going to happen. They're not going to make it all the way back. This will be nice. I mean, they gave us a little intrigue. Maybe stopped us from, you know, turning the game off. If you do such a thing in a Super Bowl, but um, this thing's over. I mean, they needed a touchdown there. That would have just let us know that they were they were coming. They were on their way back. They're gonna have a little bit of momentum. But no, they instead of field goal, you're like. And then you get the fumble. You had that fumble. They get back in it. Go down there, score. 28-20. Then you're like, okay, it might be something here. And Like I said, we'll get into some strategy there. I don't know. Uh, You folks that are out there listening right now, how many of y'all legitimately felt like the Patriots were going to be, the Patriots were out of this? It's easy to say on this day that, but be honest. It's easy to say, oh, I always believe. But let's be honest. Did you think they were out of it? Down 28 to uh, 3? You diehard New England fans, were they out of this thing? In your opinion, was it over for them? I'm going to say, I seriously thought it was over. And, you know, I've seen plenty of Brady and the Belichick magic, I've been here to see it all, and I really thought they were done, really did, so uh, man, one of the uh, most outstanding comebacks I've ever seen, Uh, obviously the best comeback in Super Bowl history, what's left for the New England Patriots, what else is left for them to do? Won more Super Bowls than anyone else. You've been there more times than anyone else. Biggest comeback ever. Julian Edelman's ridiculous catch in the game. When they say football is a game of inches, that's an example right there. I mean, uh, I mean, less than an inch from being on the ground that play Julian Edelman made amongst three Atlanta Falcons kept the ball from hitting the ground. This is why you love this game, because you have stuff like this that happens. But uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, just, wow, take my hat off to these guys. The New England Patriots. Just all all of you need to be uh, blessed that you are alive to see this. You know, you got old folks that will tell you about Johnny Unitas. They'll tell you about the Chicago Bears. They'll tell you about the Packers from the 60s. They'll tell you about the Dolphins' undefeated football team. They'll tell you about all of those things. But uh, you were alive. Now you will be able to tell your uh, family members, friends later on down the road when you're an old man that you saw Brady and Belichick. You saw that New England era. You saw all that stuff. And that's really what this is going to be for you. You saw this. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm almost finished with the book by uh, David Halberstram on Bill Belichick. And, you know, Emil and I, my co-host, who's not here today, by the way, had some important matter to tend to. But uh, we made our prediction on this game on Monday. And both of us took the New England Patriots. I don't normally like doing that early in the week, but, you know, I knew you wouldn't be here on Friday. So we decided to make the pick early on Monday. And I don't really like doing that. I like to get a feel for the week. Because while the numbers might say something that I would, can lean on, sometimes you just get a feel, get the vibe by Wednesday, I was, uh, a little, I, I was a little less confident in that pick on New England. I really started thinking about what it is Atlanta does defensively, what Atlanta can do offensively, how they can keep the pressure on the New England Patriots. I thought about that, thought about both of those things, and I became a little bit less confident in this pick. And to be quite honest with you, for those who are betters, you were on the right side. You were on the right side, but you lost. And that happens. These things happen. And so uh, Wednesday didn't feel so good about it. But I was still also reading the book about Bill Belichick. It's really uh, half about his father, Steve Belichick, and half about the, the, uh, the coach, Bill Belichick. It's called The Education of a Coach. And so by Wednesday, uh, feeling a little less confident of the pick that I made on the Patriots, I continued to read the book. And by the time I got around to Friday, I I was once again very confident about uh, my pick on the New England Patriots. And if you're a coach out there or you're a football lover, I'm going to recommend the book by you. Again, it's by David Halberstram, Halberstram a renowned writer who passed away in 2007. Not particularly a sports writer, but felt moved to make and write a book on uh, Bill Belichick and the influences that had made him the most dominant coach in NFL history. The Education of a Coach, I recommend it. But i would gotten a good way through the book by Friday and then felt once again felt, listen, Belichick was groomed for what he is doing right now, groom for it, by the age of 10, breaking down film with his father. Some of the breaks that he got in his coaching career, some of the places he was able to go, some of the influences he was able to have upon his coaching career, especially early on. You understand greatly a lot of the things that he does. You understand his ability to make adjustments. You'll understand his uh, demeanor. You'll understand his handling of the press. You'll understand a lot of the great things that Bill Belichick does after reading this book. So perhaps I was biased because I hadn't read a book on Dan Quinn or the Atlanta Falcons or, you know, Matt Ryan or anything having to do with Atlanta. But I did read a book on Bill Belichick. And perhaps it, you know, perhaps it uh, made me biased, but I then once again felt, very confident about my pick on New England. And so I go into the game feeling confident about that pick, but then pretty early, it looked like, well, I might have been wrong here. Things that made me nervous on Wednesday, Atlanta's defense, the speed on defense and what they were able to do up front, what they were doing in the secondary covering. And again, Atlanta – Came with a very simple game plan defensively, much like the plan Dan Quinn-backed uh, defense in for, Se- for the Seattle Seahawks did against the Denver Broncos that totally shut them down. So nothing very complicated. And it was, once again, working against one of the all-time great quarterbacks. So we were well on our way to super analyzing Atlanta's defensive system brought on by Dan Quinn. And then the New England Patriots went about totally dissecting it later on in the second half. What was What's not being talked about today There's something that is not really being talked about today too much. I've heard it mentioned. There's something not being talked about too much today that was a really, really key in Atlanta falling short a really, really big key in the Patriots turning this thing around midway in the third quarter. What was that? We'll talk about it when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Yeah! Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Capcom! uh uh-huh. Um, True. Uh-huh.
3: True.
0: Drizzy! Okay. So all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel
2: has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports
0: into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000
2: playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25, and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
0: Let's go up to bat again. Boy, what a game!
2: To get a great Super Bowl. For all their greatness, the Patriots have not been able to go to Super Bowls and blow people out. It's usually a very close affair, uh, which really works for the network and the uh, NFL as a whole. We get a great football game. We don't get anything like uh, San Francisco versus Denver, where it was 55-10, or the Chicago Bears that blew out the old-time Patriots, 46 to you know nine or whatever the score was in that game. By and large, these days when the Patriots show up for a Super Bowl, you get yourself a really great game. So kudos to that. One of the best commercials yesterday, just one sticks out in my mind, for those of you interested in that whole stuff, and let's face it, it's a big part of uh, what goes on now in the Super Bowls, is those commercials. I thought the best one yesterday had to be that Skittles commercial. You know which one I'm talking about when a boyfriend's outside trying to serenade the girl by throwing uh, Skittles through the, through the window, and uh, everyone's catching them in the, mouth, in the mouth. Mom, dad, grandma, neighbor, burglar, police officer, I thought that was pretty good. Pretty good by Skittles, probably the best commercial that there was yesterday. Okay, something that was uh, talked about or it really hasn't been talked about that much. I've mentioned it here and there. And uh, it probably was the biggest the biggest thing that happened yesterday that got the game turned around for the New England Patriots, and that was just the sheer amount of plays that New England was able to run in comparison to Atlanta. I think the uh, the end total was uh, either 87, 87 to 40 in terms of plays, 87 to 40. And uh, what was happening early on for the Patriots is they just couldn't figure it out what Atlanta was doing. So, you know, that's uh, that, that was a problem for them early on. And so they uh, were having a tough time getting around it. And you know what? If you get enough plays, and you're a Bill Belichick-type team. You get enough plays, you can uh, eventually figure it out. And the scheme was very simple for Atlanta. On defense, you have athletes. You're going to use your athletes, which they did, and they did a very good job of doing that. A lot of tight coverage in the game. Very tight. They got some holding calls. Brian Poole got some holding calls. And... um, a lot of tight coverage. It was not a complicated scheme. It's just Atlanta was winning with their athletes. And that's, you know, when you have them, you feel like you're better athletically than the other team, then that's what you go to. But what ended up happening was the Patriots just kept running plays. They just kept running plays. And eventually they figured out what would work against this, how their lesser athletes, and that's not a shot against the New England Patriots, uh, anyone watching that game could tell that Atlanta, uh, athlete to athlete, physically, was better than the New England Patriots. But when you have uh, a total of 2-1 to one in terms of plays, uh, New England just finally figured it out. What you thought was that they would run out of time. You thought they'd run out of time. 28-3, to three, middle of the third quarter, really hard to come back, especially against a really good team. And uh, you know it was uh you just figured that even if they started to come back they'd run out of time and as I talked about the game was 28-9 they were driving down there the New England Patriots I'm talking about and they ended up having to kick a field goal to make it 28-12 and you just thought to yourself yeah they're going to probably run out of time it looks like they've kind of figured some things out here but at 28-12 uh they're probably going to run out of time but of course the uh, fumble soon thereafter put them right back in the business and that was a key turning point in the game. Let's just, let's let's be honest about that. And just a note for my listeners right now, uh, you can follow this show right now on uh, Instagram. I'm on live right now on Instagram, at Gridiron Studs. And just as a note, I've got someone on here asking me why I blocked them. You know, what's up with people? You think you could get on and act like a clown. You could say something silly and, uh, like, people aren't supposed to react to it. I don't really get a whole bunch into arguing with people anymore. It's a waste of time. They could do it anonymously. They don't really have much to lose. Got people out there that like to go on and just say whatever. Like to comment on pictures and be negative. And uh, think, I'm just, I'm just going to take that. I'm going to put up with it. I don't know you. If my first interaction with you is you being negative, or being a moron Yeah well you're going to get blocked And that's before or after I curse you off But nevertheless getting back to things The uh, Patriots ran um, They just kept running plays Figured it out Let's let's try and get some protection Maybe we keep someone in now Stop trying to release everybody And um, you can get some 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 crossing routes Which is what ended up being a big thing For the New England Patriots Especially Getting yourself some big crossers so, you know, Kind of like what you saw with Edelman Big long crossing routes If you can get the protection And that will kind of beat the scheme That the Atlanta Falcons had The big problem for Atlanta Is they didn't adjust The Patriots adjusted And then once uh, the Patriots started Finding their way against Atlanta's defense They had a, a serious problem Making an adjustment It's like this is the only trick that we have And now that a New England has found a way to beat us Beat what we're doing. They didn't have another trick available. And, you know, with two weeks to prepare for a Super Bowl, yeah, you've got your bread and butter. There's that thing that you run. There's that thing that you do very, very well. But when that gets, when you start having a problem running that, there's got to be some wrench you could throw in there to uh, get things back on your favor. At least get a team off of doing what they are doing to beat, you know, your main defense. And that was a little disappointing there. So we'll just have to see going forward uh, how Atlanta handles that. This is a tough pill to swallow for Atlanta. You're a great team. You're super hot to finish off the uh, regular season. You destroy two playoff teams. And then you get to the Super Bowl. You're well on your way to destroying the third team that you faced in the postseason, and you come up extremely short. I mean, you're part of – the uh, biggest comeback in uh, Super Bowl history, and that's just going to be something real tough for the Atlanta Falcons to bounce back from. And with that, let me head out to the phone lines. I think, now. I think my post uh-huh. is uh, with me. Hey, you there?
3: Hey, partner, it's your partner. I'm driving. I had to call in and tell you that, man, that had to be – one of the most curious rounds of coaching I've seen in Super Bowl history yesterday. Curious in terms of what? And, uh, you know, I'm going to Well, repeat first some of all, your... I mean, we you know, know, Dan, I know Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn fell off the Pete Carroll coaching tree, right? He didn't fall yeah, far away, did he? Because let me tell you, when you are up 28-3 in a football game, and I checked the box score at the end of the game and you have eighteen rushes, which by the way went for hundred and four yards. Almost six yards of carry. Um I I'm just I'm just left perplexed. I told you on Fridays when we made our pick last Monday, I should say. I told you I thought that to take Julio Jones away, Bill Belichick would allow them to run the ball almost like your hurricanes in nineteen eighty six against Penn State. When when basically Penn State and Paterno said, I bet you can't be patient enough to keep doing this. And Jimmy Johnson admits, we just did what we do. You know, remember Alonzo Hightower, I think was his name. He had 17 or 18 carries that game for like 120 yards. What well, was the same thing yesterday?
2: Can't let you jack my man's name up. It's one of the fathers. So, yes, Alonzo Hightower. 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 He just kind of Hightower. 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 excuse me. Something for coaches. Sometimes you get in the flow of a game and you kind of get away from things and it's tough to bring you back. That's why it's always good to have like a right-hand man that you have maybe upstairs in the booth, someone that you really, really trust that knows that can kind of get you back on. And if you don't have that, uh, things can get away from you in the flow of a game.
3: and, And, you know, you look at that game, Julio Jones made some phenomenal catches, but he only had four of them and they were all contested pretty much. Phenomenal catches. Belichick basically said, You're not going to take this game over with 12 catches for 200 yards. You know, if you guys can be patient, I'll let you run the ball. And, you know, to to, to have a lead like that in a football game and come out with 18 rushing attempts is embarrassing. The other thing is, one for eight on third down, they continually put their defense on the field, and eventually it got worn down. The Patriots ran 87 or 88 plays, the Falcons ran 40. You know, that's a formula for losing.
2: Yeah, yeah no no doubt about it. Uh, and that's something that I'm sure Dan Quinn and the rest of the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff is going to take a look at. I don't know how much Kyle Shanahan's going to hold on to that. He's on to other things. Um, uh, the biggest surprise for me, though, was defensively Dan Quinn with two weeks to prepare did not have something else available other than cover three and cover one.
3: Uh, well, and hey, you know what? His coverage is Chad. Were, we're actually he got saved by his pass rush early. We don't even know. You know, I mean his pass rush was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, that's what they do. I mean, you get some pretty damn good pass rushers, um, and you get some decent coverage or decent to great coverage in the in the back half. And that's what they do. That's what they did in Seattle. Um, that's what he's done here. It's been successful. But you get the Super Bowl, and you know you're up against a, a chess player. And you just didn't have anything available. You just kept running that. And, you know, I asked the same thing in the AFC Championship game when they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. You keep running this zone blitz, and they're killing it. Like, you know, what's your counter punch here? And they just didn't have it. I'm just shocked.
3: Well, and, you know, in today's game, I think with, with the rules that we always discuss, I think it's very difficult to go into almost any game unless you're just physically better than the other team and keep running the same stuff. I think you need to make adjustments throughout the game because I think the rules make it that, you know, if a team figures out what you're doing, they're going to be able to get guys open. I think you need to have a plan to have some different stuff throughout a game unless you just know that, hey, we can whip these guys for four quarters up front. And that doesn't happen too much in the NFL. Teams, like you said, I heard you when I was sitting in the queue, you know, they made adjustments. They kept some guys in. They realized, hey, we can do some stuff here if we can just keep Brady upright, Uh, You know, that's what they did. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan, as far as I'm concerned, I gave him a mulligan on the first pass attempt from his own 25-yard line, up 28-12. You know, the game's in control. You got a two-score plus two two two-point conversion lead. You have eight minutes left in the football game. How about turning around, not being a genius, and handing the ball to Freeman? Okay, let him run the ball. Let him run some clock. At worst, make them use a few timeouts or run some clock. Well, sure. you know, well, that's I mean, under- today
2: watching it afterwards. But like I told you, you get into the flow of a game, and now um, sometimes you just get away from things. You know, you just want to see what they – you want to see if you can get the ball of Julio Jones. Uh, you think he found something in the passing game. You want to exploit it, and you kind of get away from it. It's easy now when you're looking at the paper and say, we only rushed 18 times or, you know, we got away from Freeman. But if you're on your way trying to get to something else,
3: sometimes you forget about this other thing that you, you needed to do. It's, it's, well, it's I gave him a mulligan. You heard what I said. I gave him a mulligan there. But the second time, exactly. at the end of that football game, with four yeah, exactly. minutes left, Chad. Yeah,
2: I want to say pardon? this. Uh, here's something that I think that happened, uh, there was, If you could remember, there was a play in the game where I think Brady took a sack. And Edelman was, uh, I think he was on Brian Poole. And he was running a, a big route which is, you know, for the layman out there, it's just a deep in route. And he, he really shook pool and got he got himself open pretty good. But Brady didn't have enough time to, to make that throw. And I think it was at that point they started to realize that we're going to need a little bit more time to get open on this coverage. And I think that's when they started saying to themselves, we're going to have to start leaving some guys in and um kind of let these routes to to develop some and that's what i saw him doing midway through the third quarter and it got him really way back it got him back into this game and you know what happens once you start getting momentum
3: oh well the momentum shift was 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 big and then there's the two other things one was a great call by belichick and this is kind of flew under the radar i had people saying to me i blow my phone up when it was 28 to 9 and they were on the 15 yard line fourth down and one of my friends said, oh, they should just go for it. Like, you know, because there was only two minutes left in the third quarter or it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's what it was. I said, what are you kidding? The guy can do math. That's what I love about Belichick. Unlike most coaches, he can do math. And he said 19 means I need two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, and a field goal. I'm not just going to throw some ball willy-nilly into the end zone from the 15-yard line. I'll take the points. A lot of coaches at that point, I've seen it where they just say, ah, oh, you know, we're down 19, we, we, let's just take a shot in the end zone. And, and that's the thing with Belichick. He's always thinking ahead, and at the end of that game, what I was trying to say to you was, all, all the other stuff aside, which I agree with you, I understand coaches get into the flow of a game and you know it's easier in retrospect, but at the end, when you're down there at the 23-yard line, second down, and you need a field goal to basically you know, really make it hard for New England to win that game. They'd have to recover an onside kick at that point. You, you take a sack to the 35-yard line, it's still only third down. Run the ball for three yeah. yards, bring your kicker on, and let him you kick can, it.
2: If I'm, if I'm going to criticize the uh, the Atlanta Falcons at all on the offensive side of the ball, that's going to be it. You, just, you, you blew it on that particular series. You know that you've got this team down. Um, you have a lead on them. You've worked your way into field goal range. You have to know a blitz is coming. You have to know a furious pass rush is coming. You can't go into a drop-back pass with, you know, a pocket pass. You just can't do that. No, no you can't. The best call there. Amo might have been a screen because you know a blitz is coming. You drop a screen off the Freeman or Coleman. Um, there's a chance you can get all the way into the end zone, but it's a safe pass, and if it's incomplete or you can't get it off, then so be it. You're still in field goal range, and maybe you try and get a couple of runs. I know – I kind of know what they're thinking there. We're on the edge of field goal range, so, you know, we don't want to just turn around and hand the football off and probably take a loss or two, um, and now we're, now we're making it a really hard field goal. So maybe early here we just try and hit a pass, and then we can hit a couple runs and get out of here. But you can't do but the Chad, drop back pass.
3: They were on the 23-yard line. That's a 40-yard field goal, okay? Let's assume that we give them the brain fart, Okay. Now you're under the headset. It's third down. You're on the 35-yard line. Matt Bryant's got a huge leg. You hand that ball to Freeman. If he gets two yards, the clock's running. Bryant's going to kick a 50-yard field goal. He might not make it, but guess what? He gets paid to make 50-yard field goals. He's a professional kicker. He's a good kicker. You can't, again, try to throw the ball, take a holding penalty, and not even get a chance to kick the field goal. That's where I – even if – I'm giving him the brain fart. I'm saying, okay, where you you not can't have to your offense?
2: Throw a screen. Unbelievable. So.
3: Uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. But anyway, it was a great Super Bowl. And you know what I always say? Winners win. And where Atlanta went wrong in that game, they played the end of that game like a team that didn't believe they were going to win. I mean, I honestly feel that way. I've, I watched the end of that game, and I've seen it in my life. There's just teams like, you know, you're playing the Patriots. You're up late, and you're almost like, I can't believe we're going to win this. And the Patriots played like a team that didn't believe they could ever lose.
2: Yeah, that's where the uh, experience comes in. Been there before, done that. We've been in tough situations. We've won in those tough situations in the Super Bowl. We've lost in those tough situations in the Super Bowl, but the point is that we've been there. Hey, Emil, I've got to take a break. I don't know if you can stay on. Okay, take care. I'm going to run.
3: I'll be back on Friday.
2: All right, cool. All right, thanks for checking in. I'm going to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk more about Super Bowl 51. We'll be back. Gridiron Stud Show. bye right you want the truth well here it is speed kills and in no other sport is
0: that true than in football speed gets you to the end zone speed gets you to the ball carrier speed makes you a winner do you want championship type speed do you want speed that kills then complete speed is what you need complete speed is turning athletes into game breakers with quick and easy methods that are easy to understand complete speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash make you quicker and more explosive they have a clear progression drills and exercises along with specific instructions they also have proven sample workouts and programs for you the individual or for you the coach speed is what you need so hurry now and check out complete speed just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed that's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now
2: The 7-on-7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, Put any wording you want. Print it on your inkjet print paper and using the proper paper sold by tshirtsupplies.com you can get this the way that you want it.
0: There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday gifts. The
2: t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper
0: you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, nose, hyphen, supplies, plural, all one
2: word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER, t-shirtsupplies.com.
0: Go there now. You're talking to the Rolex wearing... Diamond ring wearing, kids stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo!
2: The bloodbath for them last night When you set a line As small as they did In favor of a team that's won And has accomplished as much as the New England Patriots When you set a line small like that Minus three um, you know, it stands to reason that you're going to get a lot of wagers on that team.
0: Well, you, and, uh, much.
2: The Patriots coming back was a for. for Las Vegas Sportsbook. And they don't lose often, folks, but, man, it's been a bad playoff run for those guys. It's been a really bad playoff run. And it just uh, culminated with uh, what happened here in the Super Bowl. Bad deal for them. I'm trying to run down some numbers here as to just how bad it was, but uh, the report card was not good. And then also, you know, they said they said a uh, they they said some lines while the game was going on for your novices out there they will do that. Uh, at the sports books. Not only can you bet on games before they go off, you can also bet during the game. If they have halftime lines they got you know, they they have they have lines while they're going, they do all that kind of stuff. And at one point when the Patriots were trailing twenty eight to nine in the game. The odds uh, for the Patriots winning the game soared to 16 to 1. So a $100 bet on that returned you $1,600. $1,000 bet returns you to $16,000. And so, according to William Hill, popular Las Vegas sports book that operates online. The Patriots are trailing 28-9. to 9. They were available at 16-1 to 1 on the live in-play money line. And you had folks that went out there and, well, what the heck? You know, there's the New England Patriots. Could throw a little bit of small money on this long shot. And let's just kind of see what happens. Well, a lot of people did that. And uh, you have two things that are a nightmare for Las Vegas sportsbooks. Okay, two things that could happen that are nightmares for them. One is the favorite covering in a big game, and the other is the overs. The the public, they love favorites, and they love overs. And both of those things came through last night. Patriots were your winners at minus three. And the highest total in Super Bowl history also was a winner last night. So those two things combined um, were very, very bad news for the sportsbook. Most of the public money heading into Super Bowl 51 was firmly on the Patriots, though so the line never moved over minus three. But The money kept pouring in on New England, and, you know, it's tough for a line to move off of minus three. You know, oddsmakers are not always that gung-ho on moving off of that number. It takes a lot to move them off that number. They really didn't, though the money, public money, kept coming in on New England. Granted, there was plenty of money bet on the under, but the public money was largely on the over because, like I said, public loves favorites and they love overs. They just can't help themselves, and that's why the lights shine so bright in Las Vegas. The public wants to do what the public wants to do. They don't really always bet with their heads; they bet with their heart. So, a lot of New England and a lot of over, and then you had quite a few people that took the odds at 16-1 to 1 during the game when the Pats were down 28-9. to 9. So, they uh, got hammered. And then another thing, too, you've got a ton of prop bets that come out every year uh, when the Super Bowl comes out. Prop betting is a big thing. Um, the public loves those. They love those prop bets. It makes the Super Bowl, it makes watching the Super Bowl a lot more fun, so they jump on that. You have some sharks, and uh, by sharks I mean the uh, professional betters out there, the people that do this for a living that will kind, they'll kind of find a couple of uh, prop bets that are soft, soft lines on them, because, you know, you're just kind of setting lines for these things. There's not a ton of uh, research that can go into it and make it, you know. There's just so many of them, you just kind of throw them out there. Some of them are going to be soft, and some of those professionals can find uh, some of the weaker ones. But usually, usually the prop bet that gets the most action is the Super Bowl MVP. And in this particular case, you had a ton of bets for Tom Brady. Why not? He's come terrific. He's accomplished so much in the game. So why wouldn't you bet on Tom Brady? And look, that brings me to a, a, another topic here which is who should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. And I, you know you know what? Let me hold off on that. So i finish talking about what happened to oddsmakers here. But we'll talk about who should have been the Super Bowl MVP in a minute. But nevertheless, uh, a lot of wagers, obviously, coming in on Tom Brady's being the MVP. Another thing that crushed sports books, too, uh, where they asked, would there be overtime? Would there be overtime in a Super Bowl? Now, you've never had overtime in a Super Bowl game. So those wagering on this would have been uh, essentially wagering on history taking place. However, when you set a line at three, you're kind of saying to everyone that there's a chance this is going to be a very close football game, two evenly matched teams. If there's ever a chance that you could have an overtime game, why not when odds makers have set a line at three, maybe this would be the first one. And uh, if you took that bet, the odds were 11 to two. And of course, the fact that you'd never had one in history of uh, the Super Bowl led to those odds being that big. 80, 85% of the bets made on uh, will there be overtime? 85% were yes, and of course that was a loser as well. So not only did they get killed on your general wages side and total, they got killed on uh, they got killed on the prop bets too. Trust me, folks, uh, the odds the, uh, the the sports books will be back. Betters don't win in the long term. It's called gambling for a reason. But uh, prop bets, side total, everything—big loser for the sportsbooks. All right, let's get into um, who should have been the Super Bowl MVP. You got a ton of people out there today telling you that it should have been James White, and uh, as a guy from Broward myself, I'm all I'm all for that. Certainly had the game of his life, the best game in his career. Outstanding performance by James White, just to give you the numbers, 14 catches. This is the thing about the New England Patriots. This is the thing that they do that drives people absolutely nuts. It's that they have, you know, they don't have stars at wide receiver. People talk about that. They just don't. I I think that's almost deliberate at this point. Just don't do the whole big-time wide receiver thing. The two times they've uh, gone about doing that, it just hasn't worked out the way that they've wanted. You had one of the best of all time in Randy Moss on your team, and, yes, you won like crazy. You put together the best regular season maybe that's ever been put together. You went undefeated. You got all the way to the Super Bowl, and still it wasn't enough. And then you brought in a guy like Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, and that just didn't work out at all. And so I'm thinking uh, it was at that time that these guys said, you know, we don't need that. We won a couple Super Bowls without a big-time wide receiver. We get big-time wide receivers, don't win Super Bowls. Let's not Yeah, – let's keep it simple. Let's not overthink this thing. And uh, that was the case there. Uh, Before I jump into that whole talk about who should be the Super Bowl MVP, let me take a phone call. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hi there. Hey, how you doing? See you've been on hold for a little bit. Hey, I was
1: wondering, what do you guys think of broadcaster Joe Buck?
2: Um I don't have a problem with joe buck i don't he's often criticized. I think we're in a, an era where um everyone gets criticized, especially with social media i don't I don't have a problem with Joe Buck. I just I like to we'll give him a
1: hard disc- time, but I think he's a good guy who tries his best
2: yeah well uh, 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 what are your do you think he's a good broadcaster or
1: for my money, if you want an insightful, confident voice on your sports event, you can't get much better than Joe Buck. You sound like Joe Buck. Me? I'm not Joe Buck. Yes. My voice is not nearly as good.
2: Well, you sound quite a bit like Joe Buck. And
1: um, How do I you know, know, know you're not Joe Buck?
2: Well, you know for sure I'm not Joe Buck. I'm Chad Wilson, and this is the Gridiron Stud Show.
1: <laughs> you ever think yeah, that Joe Buck is a real person with feelings?
2: I, I do think Joe Buck might be a real guy with feelings. And if Joe Buck called into this show, it wouldn't totally surprise me because I had Howard Stern call into the show. It punked me, by the way.
1: Got totally punked by Howard Stern. You should Stern. read his book, Lucky Bastard. It shows he doesn't take himself oh too God. seriously. It's a fun read now, and available well, at all fine bookstores and Amazon.com. Joe, how was it
2: doing the Super Bowl yesterday?
1: Why would Joe Buck call your show? It
2: sucks. I, listen, I'm just lucky like that. Absolutely lucky like that.
1: It sounds like you might be a classic hater.
2: I might be a classic hater, but if being a classic hater got Joe Buck to call into my show, then I think I'm doing something right.
1: You know what's overlooked about Joe Buck? His sense of humor. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Sometimes I'll be in my car and think of something Joe Buck said. (laughs) I'll just crack up. Yeah. Hey, listen. Um,
2: Joe, you're all right with me.
1: You know what? I'm friends with Joe Buck and he said to tell you you're a loser.
2: I'm okay with being that. If you're if I'm a loser and I got garbage, you, I'm doing something right.
1: As if you must yes, have some that. major accomplishments in your life to come down so hard on Joe Buck.
2: Joe, I'm trying to give you some props here, Joe.
1: Here's a thought. Shut up.
2: How about that? Sounds good to me. Hey, Joe, how long are we going
1: to talk? You suck. (laughs) Hashtag stop cyberbullying, Joe Buck. It's falling
2: down, Joe. Pick it up.
1: Let's just agree that you're wrong.
2: How about it? All right, got to let Joe Buck go there. Unbelievable, folks. Uh, Anyway, you get it all here on the Green Iron Stud Show. Well, nevertheless, uh, let's get back to things here. Never a dull moment, but uh, I was talking about the New England Patriots. And, listen, they tried the whole thing with big-time wide receivers. Tried it all. Didn't work out for them. So they said, we'll just go with a group of guys. This way no one can hone in on anybody, and anyone can jump up at any moment. You know who our big-time wide receiver is? It's whoever steps up on game day. You know who our big-time wide receiver is? Our big-time wide receiver is the guy that the uh, other team decides that they don't need to cover on any given Sunday. How about that? That's who our big-time number one wide receiver is. So last night, that happened to be James White. James White's a running back, folks. But last night, 14 catches for 110 yards, a ton, a ton of key catches in that football game. He had a reception for a touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Though he only had 29 yards rushing on six carries, Uh, James White ended up uh, getting two rushing touchdowns. So, altogether, three touchdowns in the game. Again, 14 catches for 110 yards. And there are a lot of people, uh, perhaps rightfully so, clamoring for James White to be the MVP. It would have been nice to see someone other than the quarterback get the Super Bowl MVP. It would have been nice to see someone like a James White who – has not had – has not been a top running back in the league and jumps up and comes out of nowhere and produces the way that he did last night in a really big moment, one time for Broward County, one time for St. Thomas. uh, James White played locally here in South Florida at St. Thomas Aquinas High School, Um, a kid I happen to know personally, and a great kid, outstanding kid, Um, great player at Wisconsin. Um, And this has been on the New England Patriots as one of the guys there. Let's just be honest, one of the guys. They're not really big into stars uh, on the New England Patriots, especially on the offensive side of the ball if their name's not Tom Brady. But in the biggest game, in the biggest moment, at the biggest time, when they needed him the most, James White stepped up. 14 catches, 110 yards, touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. By any means, on any other team in any other Super Bowl, that is a Super Bowl MVP-worthy performance. But when you have a game in which the quarterback goes 43 of 62 for 466 yards, that might be a Super Bowl record, 466 yards passing and two touchdowns and engineers a a comeback, man, you you know, as much as you may not like that, fans, much as you may not like it, you gotta you're gonna have to give that Super Bowl MVP trophy to Tom Brady. Let me give you the numbers again. 43 of 62, 466 yards passing, two touchdowns. You know, come on. You're gonna have you, I think you just gotta give it to Tom Brady. Outstanding performance, probably gonna be the greatest performance without getting an MVP ever. James White but he was on a team with uh, a legend Tom Brady and you know I had this discussion um, a couple weeks ago on the show about who I think was the best quarterback of all time and I was not ready to say Tom Brady was that I still was giving it to Joe Montana as I sit here today having witnessed what I witnessed yesterday and not just yesterday Okay, I don't want to be that short sighted not just yesterday as I go and look at The entire body of work, and you add yesterday to it, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time in the National Football League, and I'm prepared to say that, and I feel very comfortable saying that. And, uh, you know, if I had to, I guess I could debate that with anyone that wanted to. I think I got a lot of ammo otherwise. I mean, and and I'm sitting here right now looking at – a post on Twitter of Tom Brady at the NFL Combine. This is not an NFL body. This is a pathetic Elcomb drill, and it's probably the slowest 40 you've ever seen, and he just was not a drill master. And this guy that you're going to look at, the best quarterback of all time in the National Football League. Hey, I'm sorry, if you're not a Pats fan, you hate the Pats, you're hating this Monday. You gotta hate this Monday. But I don't care how much you hate. I mean Tom Brady, I'm looking at this <laughs> I'm looking at this film right now. Tom Brady is running his forty and one of these sneakers, it looks like. Um it looks like the sneakers that are you know you find in the store where they're tied together by the shoelaces. These are not your sleek Adidas, okay, that they come, run with now. These are some clearance rack sneakers that he's running his 40 in. He just didn't care. These are jogging shoes. This is something you would see in the Boston Marathon. And uh, Tom's running them. He's sliding. Unbelievable. I don't know if you could hear the uh, audio on this, but it looks all of a Five two forty to me, but that's how it goes, folks. And so I do have to say it today: Tom Brady, best quarterback of all time. And uh, you can argue with me on it if you want, but who can argue on this particular day? And yes, um, outstanding performance by James White, and extremely happy for the kid. But four hundred and sixty-six yards passing, uh, you got to give it to Tom. Terrific, and that's where we stand on this. All right, folks. Uh we've come to the end. I think I've wrapped this thing up. Pretty much this is that's that's how this thing went down. Somewhere on the way to one of uh, the biggest blowouts in Super Bowl history. 21 nothing turned into 28-3. Could have been 42 to 3, 49 to 10 on on the way to that. We ended up with the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, and you were all here to witness it and watch it. So, if you hate the New England Patriots, do love the fact that you were alive to see this. And I think as you get older in life, and uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are gone, you're going to appreciate the fact that you were alive to watch this greatness unfold. Am I a New England Patriots fan? I am not. But I am a fan of great football, I am a fan of greatness, and I've witnessed it. I've been here to see the whole thing, and I can appreciate that from the New England Patriots. How much more they've got left? I have no idea. Uh, I think that was as much emotion as I've ever seen from Bill Belichick. I think he probably thought at some point in that game that this was over. I hear we lost. We lost another Super Bowl, our third, and uh, we're gonna go out pretty bad here. And maybe this run that I've had, which I've been held up pretty high by all who watched, is uh, finally over. You could uh, you could kind of see that probably working through Bill Belichick's head. And then not so fast. They come all the way back and do something that's never been done before. So, my hats off to the New England Patriots. My hats off to all of you for listening. Stay tuned. Great Iron Stud Show daily 10 a.m. with the occasional change up there. Every now and then I need to change it up. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Great Iron Stud Show. Appreciate it. We'll be back. Check your local listings. Thank you for listening. It's dark in there. That post I just put on Twitter probably going to piss some people off. Huh? You'll see it. I ain't going to tell you what it is. You'll see it soon enough. <laughs>